just so we can understand what's taking place. We've been going through the book of Judges, <coughs> but we're taking each, not necessarily a verse by verse through the book of Judges, but it's just, uh, if you will, a life, a life by life. Back on the back table, baby, by the back door, the other door, the other table. And, um, and going life, I, hey, I, out of my office are cold. Um, sorry, out of basically a life by life lessons, um, through the book of Judges, if you will, uh, we've been, we had gone through the life of Joshua and Moses. And so I, I really felt impressed to do the life of these judges. And so we started a couple weeks ago and now here we are on judge number four, which is Deborah. And uh, if you will, I think that as well that Barak or Barak, if you will, uh, I don't know exactly whichever, however way you would say it, but um, he is as credited as well to be judge number five. Um, But after this chapter, after these two chapters, four and five, I mean, as far as leading and being in charge, they're not there anymore. So I kind of think that it's a, it's a joint effort. From what I understand, uh, the study that I've done uh, there, Judges chapter 4 and Judges chapter 5, we won't go through the book of, uh, go through the chapter number 5 next, next week because chapter 5 is just a song that's written um, from Deborah and Barak, or Barak, however you'd say that there. And uh, they are... It's just a song, and the song regards the the accomplishments of Deborah and the accomplishments of of Barak. Um, so, if you will, we'll go through a little bit just to catch us up where we are. Judges chapter four. Judges chapter four. Uh, we see first of all the oppression of Israel. Okay, so the oppression of Israel, what caused this oppression? In verse number one, the Bible says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Again, again, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. The children of Israel, just it was a cycle for them through the book of Judges to do evil. They did got right. A judge would, a judge would live. They do right. And as soon as the judge would die or as soon as the judge would quit judging them uh, or leading them, if you will, they immediately went right back to it. This time the oppression took place. Um, the Bible says the Lord sold them. Uh, he disciplined the children of Israel uh, for 20 years. They were under oppression. And the moment they cried in verse number three, God came to help them. And uh, it, that's so true today that when we cry for help, he's going to come help us. I mean, that's the a, that's a thing about God. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, no matter how far away we get from God, no matter how far away we get from His presence, no matter how much sin we commit, we can always come back to the Father and ask for forgiveness and go back to Him. Uh, We will always be His children, just like the children of Israel will always be His. And uh, if you're you're a born-again believer... So we can have that access by having uh, forgiveness of sin. So number one, uh, look, and, and Psalms, a verse that I read last week, but Psalms 46, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, 
a very present help in trouble. When we're in trouble, when we need help, when we're at the bottom of the barrel, we've got to go to Him. We've got to go to the Lord for that help. All right? So number one, we see the oppression of Israel. Number two, we see the enlistment of Barak. Now, this enlistment of Barak, I said last week that, that, uh, that <coughs> Deborah enlisted a man to lead the army. Um, and I, I don't know that it was specifically for that reason or whatever reason it was. Barak probably had some type of military background and, and was able to lead the children of Israel as well. And so she used him for whatever reason. The Bible doesn't tell us why. It doesn't say, give us a list of reasons why he used Barak. But uh, she used Barak. But ultimately, she asked Barak to lead. Barak said, okay, I'll go if you go with me. And uh, she, he, made a, he made a stipulation with her. He said, only, the only way I'm going is if you're going with me. And, uh, well, she said, well, I'll go with you. And, uh, but because I'm going with you... Um, you will not get the full honor of what takes place. And see, God, you know, God has a plan. God has a specific plan for everybody in this room. You know that? Your life has a plan. You're not just wandering aimlessly through this life and wandering aimlessly through what you've been going through. He has a specific plan, a specific purpose for you. Why are you here? Why are you going through what you're going through? God has a plan for your life. He had a plan for Barak. He had a plan for Deborah. And God's plan was Barak lead the army. But Barak said, well, wait a minute. I need Deborah to go with me. Well, God said, okay, well, I'll let Deborah go with you. But because of that, you won't get the honor. And we'll read in just a little bit that he doesn't get the honor. Okay? So he enlists, she enlists Barak to lead the army. <coughs> uh, he gets uh, that source. Where's that, where does that come from? That comes from the Lord. Uh, she spoke. Uh, she gave a promise. Uh, he enlisted her, and he had a condition, okay? Now, number three. Let's get on to number three, and that'll be the focus of tonight's message. Number three is the victory over Jabin. Jabin was the king of Canaan, and the king of Canaan was the man who was oppressing the children of Israel. So let's begin reading in verse number 11. Let's kind of grab a hold of where we're at, and we'll go from there. Verse number 11. The Bible says, Now Heber the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, have severed himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent unto the plain of Zanunim, which is Kadesh. And they showed Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinom, ah, I'm not going to say that right, was gone up to Mount Tabor. And Sisera gathered together. Sisera is the captain of of the king of Canaan. He's like the general, if you will, the the leader, the captain of the of the army. And Sisera gathered together all the chariots, even 900 chariots of iron, all the people that were with him from from Harosheth of Gentiles unto the river of Kishon. And in verse number 14, and Deborah said unto Barak, "Up, for this is the day." 
<coughs> in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thy hand, is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor, and ten thousand men after him. Now, <coughs> so now they're going to war. Now they're ready to go fight. Here it is, Jabin, uh, Jay, the king of, king of Canaan, and his group, uh, Sisera, has 900 chariots. But here comes Barak and Deborah with 10,000 men ready to fight. Now, who's going to win? The Lord's going to win, right? In verse 15, And the Lord discomforted Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away. Now, we'll stop there and we'll read a little bit more in just a minute. But I want you to think about this as we look at this victory <coughs> Man, my throat is irritated. Why in the world is it doing this to me? I've got a cough drop in my mouth. Thank you. I actually have a bag. I think you gave me a thing. I don't know. I'll try to clear it just a sec. Mmm. But I want you to think about this. Um, in verse number, in verse number fourteen, Deborah said unto Barak, uh, "For this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hands. Is not the Lord gone out before them? So, before thee. So here we are. We have ten thousand men. We're ready to fight. And Deborah looks at Barak and says, "Let's go. Let's go get it." <coughs> so what takes place? They get up. And they run down a hill. Uh, they run down from Mount Tabor, right? And get ready to go. So, so God blessed obedience because in verse number 15, and the Lord discomforted Sisera. Who did? Uh, Barak, right? His, his sword. That's not what that says, is it? It says the Lord did. The Lord discomforted him. And how many of, of the Lord did he, I mean, how many of Sisera's group did he discomfort? Look in verse 15. And all his chariots. And how many of his hosts? All his host. So how many did he discomfort? All, all of them. How many, how many did he discomfort from the, from the chariots? All of them. All of his hosts and all of his chariots. He discomforted. The obedience that God blessed... Uh, from Deborah and Barak that God blessed them because of being obedient to what God said. The Lord discomforted him. Truly this to be said, we need, <coughs> we need God's power to have victory. What gave them victory? What gave, what gave Barak and uh, Deborah victory that night. God did. 
And so for us to have victory in every situation that we have, who's going to give it to us? Now, it's my strength, right? No. It's not my strength, it's God's strength. You remember in the story of David and, and Goliath, right? David went out to Goliath and he said, I come to you in whose name? In the name of the Lord. And so when we have battles, you have battles that you face, temptations that you have, you have things that, that yeah, this is, this is a physical battle. Okay? So yeah, we may not have a physical battle tonight, but we have a spiritual battle. Yes or no? The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of darkness. You, if I believe, <coughs> if you could uncover and see the spirit world, uh, it it would it would uh, it would make us uh, want to close our eyes. Uh, the battles that take place uh, on our behalf for us, God has God has done those battles. But every day we face battles. Every day we face something in our life. How can we have victory? By being obedient to what God wants. I cannot have victory over sin without the help of the Lord. It doesn't matter how much I can muster. It doesn't matter how strong I am. It doesn't matter what kind of... 10-step <laughs> program I've been through. It, it is about having victory through the Lord. One of my favorite songs is, uh, is song number 92 in the Heaven the Highway. It says, oh, victory. I'm not going to sing it. <coughs> I'm going to quit. I, I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. I didn't have victory because I was a good person. I didn't have victory because I got baptized. I didn't have victory because I joined a Baptist church. I didn't have victory because of that. I had victory because of God's blood and God's life that he shed on the blood for me, on the cross for me. That's how I have victory. We can't have victory over sin without his help. Why is it that we won't rely on him for his help when it comes to those big things in our life? We're stupid. Human nature. We're stupid. We think we can do it all. We think we can do it all. We think we can handle it. We can't. You can't catch your next breath without him. What makes you think you're going to just do what you want to do? And that's where we have to come to a place in our life where we cannot win the victory without him. Amen. We cannot. We think because we've done something good, man, okay, now I've got it under control, but we don't even have it close to being under control. 
We have to fight. Uh, every day we have to get up and fight. Bible talks about the, the whole armor of God. And we need to put on the armor of God. What is that putting on? <coughs> protect us from. That putting on protects us from Satan and protects us from the fiery darts of the devil. That's what the Bible says. But we have to physically put it on. Spiritually, I'm sorry. Spiritually put it on. The devil cannot put on us anything that God won't permit him to do. The devil works for him. He was thrown out of heaven for non-performance. So can he nothing? But he will fool with you because God lets him fool with you to see how you're going to handle it and how are you going to call on his name to take care of the issue. It's just that simple. Well, the Bible says, Here hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man that God is faithful that he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. But with that temptation, he'll make a way of an escape. Every one of us... (coughs) You're going to have to stop straining your neck. Every one of us, when we are drawn away, the Bible says when we're drawn away by our own lust... He tries to entice us, tries to get us away from what we... Ah, look, at, look, when he went to Eve, he didn't say to her, give her the, the dirty and the rotten of the, of the seed, but he gave her the best of the best. Satan doesn't show us the wrecked and the ruined lives of, of sin. He shows us the pretty. And so when Satan wants us to do wrong, he shows us the, what it looks, what looks good to us to entice us to do wrong, to sin. and But with that temptation, God has made a way of an escape for us. There's many different ways of escape, but running away is one of the best ways to do it. Running to God. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> but we have to have His power. We, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world is that power that is that power inside of you the same power that it was in was in David and and uh, Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and and Daniel and the lions all those men the same power that they have we still have available to us but we can overcome those things I'm not stronger than Satan and I can't even begin to tell you that I can fight Satan by myself. And I get to that place, if I ever get to a place where I think that I can handle Satan, I'm in trouble. Oh, yeah. I'm in trouble because I can't handle him. I need the Lord's power. I need the Lord's power to have victory. He's Much like you. He's jealous. He wants your love. Satan wants to get in the way of between you and God. He does. He does. All right. Anybody have any questions or thoughts before we move on? Satan wants it. He wants to destroy us. 
Look in verse number 15 as well. The Bible says, Captain Sisera fled away. He ran away on his feet. He ran away. What a chicken. What a coward. All of his men were dying, and he ran away. You know, I've, you've ever seen or read the, the captain will go down with his ship, you know. Not Captain Sisera. He was out of there. He ran out of there. He wasn't about to be killed by Barak. So when he left, <coughs> he ran down the road, and Barak pursued uh, after the chariots in verse 16. Let's go ahead and read, if you will. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host and unto Hesheroth uh, of the Gentiles, and all the hosts of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, uh, and there was not a man left. I want to read that to you one more time. And all the host of Sisera fell unto the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. Nobody was left. Not one person was left in the army. Not one person was left. Who, who did that? God. God did it. See, in verse number 15, God discomforted him. Verse number 16, Barak had to do a little bit of work and killed the rest of them. But God wrought the victory. Verse number 17, <coughs> Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to, to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. Now, verse number 11. Read verse number 11 with me. Who is the uh, Kenite? Now, Heber, the Kenite, which was of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses. So this family is kin to Moses. Jael... This family, the lady who was here, Jael, the wife of Heber, uh, invited, invited Sisera to come into the house. Verse 18. Uh, in verse 18, and, and Jael went out to meet Sisera and, and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her, her tent, she covered him with a mantle. So here she is, she, she brings him in, and she covers him up, she showed him some charity, if you will, you know, trying to make him feel safe and good, and, and uh, verse 19, and he said unto her, give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I'm thirsty, and she opened a bottle of milk, and gave him drink, and covered him, I guarantee it was whole top, uh, it was red top, it wasn't no watered down, <laughs> Milk-flavored water there going on there because you know you know they they didn't have lean lean cows out there producing one percent so you know that wasn't happening out there. <laughs> she 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 brought him in and gave him something to cover with and brought him in and gave him some milk to drink. He asked he didn't ask for milk he asked for some water because he was thirsty. She gave him some milk. So, the, sir. Probably warm milk. You get out of here with all that. <laughs> you know what? <coughs> you know, God, God threw some ice down in that thing. I know he did. You know it was warm milk. Straight from the cow, you know it was probably warm milk. Mm. <laughs> She gave him some milk. She gave him a cover. She wanted him to relax and go to sleep. In verse 
20. Again, he said to her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee. Say, Is there a man here? Thou shalt say, No. He said, Cover for me. I'm not here. I don't want no one to find out I'm here. I'm, I'm running a hiding. Then jail. Heber's wife took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. She got him a cover, and she got him some warm milk so that it would make his belly full, and he'd reach over there and fall asleep. And she went outside and got one of the stakes to her tent and grabbed a hammer, and she come back inside, and she killed him. She killed him because she knew that she needed to follow God. And one of the things when she went back, well, look, and that's the thing about sin is that you better get rid of all of it and you better not have any of it linger around. Right, that's right. Because when we leave a little bit of it, we leave a little bit of it around and it's going to nag us. It's going to come back. What'd you say? It's going to grow. It's going to ruin the whole bunch. Yes. One rotten apple ruined everything. Ruined the whole, whole thing. A little leaven. Leaveneth the whole lump. You had to get rid of all of it. All of it. Now, in verse number 22. And behold, as Barak pursued <coughs> Sisera, Jael come up to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man that thou seekest. Come here, i got to show you the man that you're looking for. <laughs> And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead, and the nail went into his temples. Go back to verse number 9. And Deborah said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Who's the woman? Jael. The prediction come true, the, the prophecy come true that, that God wasn't going to give Barak the honor. God was going to give the honor, the honor to Jael. Hmm. And God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan, verse 23, and the children of Israel... And the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Well, Heber knew, apparently, that she was going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was in on The family of Moses. Uh-huh. And they're pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. I'm drawn to that movie. Uh, what was it called? I don't know. Uh, oh, where she beat him on the legs and misery, 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 misery. <laughs> Anybody have any thoughts or questions? 
Warm milk. If she's offering you warm milk, buddy, you better check and make sure she ain't got no tent steak in her hand. All right. I encourage you to read chapter 5. It is a song, but also talks about uh, the land having rest. Verse 31, um, and the land had rest 40 years. They had 40 years of, of peace and 40 years of comfort and 40 years of, of blessings. Here's that number 40 again. <laughs> because of the obedience of Deborah, because of the obedience of Barak, but because of, of Barak's proposition, if you will, he had to not have the full honor. I mean, he would have been toted through and look what look what Barak has done. Look at the victory he's wrought, but he didn't because Jael did, because he had to have Deborah go with him. Um, sometimes we need to trust God. <coughs> well, I want victory over sin and I want victory over this issue and victory over this. I have to have victory. Only way I can have victory is through the Lord. And through his strength and through through his power and through his understanding, that's how I'm going to have victory. Yeah. All right. Any questions or thoughts? Good. Comments? All right. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Oh, thank